Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors. motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, fuck you, I'm out. You want me to go trash your lights? You want me to fucking trash them? Then why are you trashing my seat? You are one ugly motherfucker. You have insulted me for the last fucking time. Fuck you, that's my name. Don't waste my motherfucking time. Fuck it, we'll do it live. An actor's greatest tool is their imagination. But swearing, is definitely up there. With swear words, we can cut, soothe, delight, frighten, insult, and seduce. Of all the swear words in the English language, none is as malleable as fuck. It's capable of expressing the full range of human emotion, the pain, the wonder, the unlawful carnal knowledge in a single soul. Fuck. Or we can say it like this. Fuck! Hello and welcome to Uncaged. We're going to be having a bit of a look at something that Cage has been doing recently that doesn't really fit into the remit of the normal pod. We're actually going to be looking at the History of Swear Words series, which has dropped on Netflix uh, within the last month or so. Obviously, it's your main man, Andy Gillard, here. Fucking A. It's Matt Guy. How are we doing? Pussy O. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we, obviously this is going to be swear heavy because of what we're talking about. So there were six episodes which dropped about fuck, shit, bitch, dick, pussy and damn. I, I think we'll just sort of jump around and talk about things that stood out from this pod, uh, from this uh, uh, documentary series. The first thing that came to my mind, have either of you two ever seen the George Carlin stand-up about the seven forbidden words? No, I haven't, but I know that he's a pretty close-to-the-knuckle comedian. Yeah, I, I very much miss George Carlin. He was excellent. Stu, have you seen it? Is this like one from the early 90s? It's probably older than that. Yeah, it might even be it, 70s or 80s. It was, it's definitely the same one then, because it was one of the first things that I downloaded on Morpheus back in the day. Same, I think, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was one of those things that every, everyone had there. They, everyone was like burning it to CD-ROMs and stuff like that and sharing it in school, put it on, on yeah. video CD. So, yeah, I, I have seen it, if, but it's, again, he's talking 20-odd years ago. Yeah. Can I can I show my age here? What the hell is Morpheus? <laughs> <laughs> There's your clip. Pe- yeah, it's a peer-to-peer sharing... Platform. Is it basically so, like, a, a, an early an early influencer of LimeWire, basically? Similar. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sort of setup. Yeah. But yeah, George Carlin talks about the seven words which are banned on television, and it's shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And basically, how none of those words are really swear words. You shouldn't even consider them a swear word. I implore everyone to check that out. I think it's absolutely superb piece of comedy, and George Carlin is sorely missed to this day. So the first thing, like watching the show. Is it just me, or is, is fuck the best swear word? Like, it's the most versatile of all swear oh, words, isn't it? Categorically, it's 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 fit for all seasons, isn't it, really? there's <laughs> it's, it's good, bad, angry, indifferent, loving, lust. It's everything, isn't it? It, 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 it can be used for everything, and it enhances everything that you ever talk about if you, if you add that beautiful little adjective. Is it an adjective, I guess? I suppose in what context you use it. Um, it could be anything. To spice yeah, to spice up a sentence, it's a verb. It's a noun. It's it's so many things to so many people. And it was so yeah, like it, it could be to mess people up, to screw someone over, to hit. It's a positive or it's a negative exclamation. It's for protestation, for anger, for happiness, and obviously for sex. It, it covers so many bases. Like one one hell of a word. And the the strongest episode of the entire series and the first one. So it was it was literally downhill from here. It did come out of the gates pretty strong, and I really enjoyed Nick Cage's mono- fuck monologue at the beginning. <laughs> I thought that was excellent. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there, Stuart. I think it was a g- it, it was a good way to introduce um, the viewer to the series. To be fair, because I think ending the series on damn as opposed to having fuck at the start was a was a strange move. But it really was that like punch in the face straight away that oh, this is actually a history of swear words. It isn't going to like pussyfoot around for want of a better word it is going to be an actual history of it and i thought it was really nicely done with the first episode mm. i mean going to dam obviously you just mentioned it which came in at the end and they, they even said on there like to most people this isn't even considered a swear word it was quite mm. an odd choice but i do think when they contextualized it within history that it shows actually it is quite an important word in swear word history mm. i don't think we would be where we are now if it wasn't for frankly my dear i don't give a damn and that, that think, whole yeah. thing that whole thing about them cha- not making the film gone with the wind obviously um mm. not making the film unless they got to use that line because it was against all codes at the time well that was superb yeah so i've written down the other possibilities it could have been <laughs> frankly my dear i don't give a whoop I don't give a hoot. I don't give a straw. I don't give a continental. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Brexit. Yeah. Frankly, my dear, it has become no concern to me. Frankly, my dear, the whole thing is a stench in my nostrils. Or Alan Partridge's, frankly, my dear, I don't river dance, which I think is the best one. (laughs) But like, it just wouldn't have worked. But actually, by breaking that, that word in the code... I think it does start the ball rolling on de-emphasising that word. And so now that word has become such a, a nothing that you wouldn't bat an eyelid if you heard a child say it. Mm. Whereas if you heard a child call someone a cunt, you would probably think twice. And on that note, uh, listen back to our episode in the archives on um, Kick-Ass, if you want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by like the use of swear words and how it changes with culture. Um and I think I've mentioned before on the podcast about like the in-betweeners has such an influence on what is now a swear word in British culture. 
um, and what actually uh, desensitising us to what is now not shocking. So if I if I drop the C bomb, if I drop a cunt in front of my bloody mum or my dad, my god, it's like I've it, 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 there's nothing worse. But now, like you just say, you just say, it, you just say it. it's not it's not a thing. But culture yeah. changes, words change, and I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I think going from damn being just religious, which is what it was, and God damn you mm. to hell. It, I think losing religion from everything else in other walks of life just meant, well, we're going to come up with better things then. And to end up with dropping C-bombs in the one swear word that was missing from this entire series, <laughs> which I, I I didn't know. I didn't look through and, ch- and trip myself. I thought, I'm just going to put it on and see what comes next. And I was convinced that that, that come was going to be last. I thought it'd be the season finale, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is the headliner swear word, isn't it? Like in the modern day, it very much is the one that provokes the most reactions. So you are right. It it does feel weird having this without it, but maybe if it gets a second season, it'll delve into cunt a little bit deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. gone one of two ways. Do you think that It's American-y. Do you think that, well, it's funny, funny you mentioned that. Do you think that having a mix of British and American comedians was a good thing in the show? as a contextualising piece, so you kind of get the views from either side of the pond. Yeah. There was the girl, um, London, I can't remember her surname. She talks about, in England, you could quite easily go up to another person and go, fucking hell, how are you doing, you cunt? And you wouldn't bat an eyelid. (laughs) because it's It's friendly, it's jokey, it's fine. If you said that in America, you would get shot. So I do like that they gave you that these words actually mean different things to different people. I thought yeah. that was quite a, a good approach to it. One thing I did like was when they was talking about this, the, the Hayes Code, it was called, and they were talking about some of the words that are banned or were banned prior to 1939, and they were all pretty much of religious context. So damn, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, Lord, I mean, fucking Lord, for crying out, you know, <laughs> uh, God, hell, Son of a bitch was the only one that didn't have a, a religious sort of context to it. But it was when they started talking about these words, when they were talking about minced oaths. <laughs> so this is where you get darn. swear words hidden. So instead of damn, you would say darn or dang. Or hell becomes heck or H-E double hockey sticks. Jeez instead of Jesus. Gosh darn it. Son of a gun. Fudge instead of fuck, shoot instead of shit. I, I hate this sanitization of the words because ultimately you're saying that word. Mm. Just because you're saying fudge, you mean fuck. Everyone knows you mean fuck. So actually, is it the word or is it the intention that is the most important thing? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think the intention The intention is the... Because it, there's, there's no escape in what what was meant to be said, even by somebody saying shoot instead of shit. So I think, I don't know, but some people will literally be a bit, some people will say the most cutting, horrible things to people, but actually not bat an eyelid, but the swear word will have them off their seat. So yeah. I suppose it goes, it goes both ways, really. I mean, all, all I could think of with this whole thing was uh, our good friend David Evans and his compulsion to say geez <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, obviously, is a, a derivation to Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. So Dave's middle class roots. A daft question podcast. There's your plug. 
Yeah, um, check them out. <laughs> coming through strong with the yeah uh, with the last episode of the series. But for me, I was it got me thinking about Scroobius Pip. He's got a son called Interdiction, and he talks and he says in it, I find this interesting because in the end they are just words. You give them power when you care, man. It's so absurd. And I think that very much sums it up for me is the use of swear words is if you do give them power by telling people you can't say them, that's what makes them worse. If you just ignore mm. it, it takes away all, all of the impact of the words for me. It's it's strange because, you know, it's it's so prevalent in the media, it's so prevalent in music, it's so prevalent in film, TV, theatre, everything. But in a, in a call centre environment that I work in, it is one of only a few cardinal sins um, in the 21st century, it just seems absolutely bizarre that like mm. it is such a uh, a massive no no that, especially in the, the 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 motor industry field that I work in, you'll speak to like some brickies or someone in like a transit van that's just driving around, and they're there, you know, effing and jeffing, and you know if you're dealing with a complaint or something, if you speak to them on the level, it actually would get you get get it would be better, but it, it, you know. Words still have that power to offend in that capacity, at mm. least to some people. I used to work in a, a call centre environment, um, dealing with people at very difficult points in their lives. And I remember once, it wasn't me, it was someone on the opposite side of the, the building. It was quite a big building I worked in at the time. And she must have had this huge argument. And then at the end, end of the call, she took a headset off, stood up and just screamed, cunt. <laughs> and like the whole fucking office just died. It was just like honestly, it was like someone had been shot there. Just that one word cut through all of the bullshit that everyone was dealing with that yeah. day. Like you say, in that work environment, it is just the most scything word it, or just swearing in general. It just cuts through it. It's incredible. Even in pubs, you're not supposed to say to swear at the customers or even with the customers. You're not supposed to. I mean, it does kind of happen sometimes when there's when you're not being watched, but at the same time, it, you, the one place you would expect it to happen, it's still kind of frowned upon, <laughs> and you still mm-hmm. do get. I mean, if you're talking to the old women with, with their coffees of a morning, then fair enough. But <laughs> yeah, you don't the... want to be saying you're right, you old fucker. That that might cause a stir. Yeah, <laughs> can, I mean, I, can I get you a shit and refill? <laughs> Fuck, do you want love? <laughs> one thing I thought was quite interesting is how words in different contexts they can be like completely demonized so those talking about the word fuck obviously in the first episode so you could say fuck but not if you're talking about fucking Mm. like you can talk you can call someone a dick but you can't talk about that person's dick like i found that baffling i remember watching uh i think it might have been smallville way way back and it was on pre-watershed so like i think it was 6 p.m in the afternoon and they said the word pissed and, and it wasn't anything yeah yeah, yeah. but if they was talking about i'm going for a piece oh no you can't can't say that yeah i've always thought that when watching american shows over on these shores that like pissed as in angry is like it's, it's a nothing for them but over here obviously it's like oh and especially when you're younger you hear it and you're like oh you know, like it's like a mm. naughty thing to hear, but um, over in America it's different, obviously. But you wouldn't say that here, though, would you? You'd say pissed off. You've been, mm. um, unless unless you're a child of home and away, and you've grown up <laughs> being kind of uh, being tainted and saying pissed meaning angry. Pissed here is getting leathered with drink. 
but pissed off yeah. is the other way. So that's why you kind of you'd say getting pissed as a getting drunk on Sally all the time, but going for a pe- mm. going for going to the toilet or being pissed off, no nos, weird. You know what I thought was um, really good about the show? They had Jim Jeffries on it. He's one of my favourite <laughs> comedians. And yeah. of course, him being Australian, that's taken it to a whole new level because they are so blase when it comes to swearing and, and in general. I mean, I follow a, um, I don't know if he's on YouTube, I assume he is, but I watch him on Facebook. Uh, Nat's what it, that's Nat's what I reckon it's called, like a cooking, cooking show for this Australian guy. He's absolutely hilarious. But all his, like, his whole thing is like, just put it in the fucking pan. That's all it is. Like the whole, like the whole time, it's just, um, it's just him swearing the whole way through while he's cooking. But it, it's just so entertaining. It wouldn't be anywhere near as funny if he wasn't swearing either. No. Mm. There's something about swears in Australian and Scottish accents, like they automatically make it sound perfectly acceptable yeah, in their yeah. language. Like it's great. I also liked the bit where they were talking about how swearing helps you manage pain. Oh, that was brilliant. So that they put the hand in the ice bucket and the ones who couldn't swear couldn't last a minute, whereas the ones who were allowed to release their anger, they were like two to three minutes. I thought that was quite incredible. It's got to be something there in relation to just what what your brain, what your brain acts as a, as a stress reliever and it just understands that there's got to be a link between like forbid not forbidden pleasure. That's not kind of the wrong word, but kind of something that they something that you know is um, taboo that you're able to do to take your mind off something else. Yeah, you should con- you're concentrating on the pain as well. Concentrating mm. on the pain and not thinking, not making yourself swear. So you're trying to concentrate on two different things, and the pain's obviously going to override thinking. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're just blurting it out, then I, I suppose that's where the science is anyway. Yeah, I'd have thought so, because it is just that involuntary reaction, isn't it? When you're in pain, you say shit or, or whatever, it's, you don't even think about it. But when you're not allowed to do it, then I suppose your mind is just being pulled in two directions. Mm. So that must make it quite difficult. <clears throat> I also liked the episode on uh, Pussy, <clears throat> with all the different <laughs> vagina slang. Honeypot, hoo-ha. Garden of Venus, Cypriot bag, Cooter, <laughs> Flower Pot, Queen Whiskers, and the best one of all, Cecily Bum Trinket. <laughs> I love that. I'll never forget when we uh, were in secondary school. It was either year seven or year eight, and we had sex education. And we had this Northern Irish teacher called Mrs. Canavan. And, and she. Um, Took us all into a room and we thought, right, this is, you know, let's get the bananas and the johnnies out. None of that because this was a Catholic school. All it was, was we just had to name as many different swear words as we can that are related to the uh, private areas, let's put it that way. And it was just an absolute fucking hoot. It was just amazing because people just started coming up with like things that blatantly weren't related to like, like Wilberforce came out. <laughs> and like, it was, just, it was just great because like, you're swearing in front of a teacher, so it just became like a, a wave of people going, twat, twat, <laughs> like over and over. <laughs> Brilliant. The um in that episode as well, you got the um that song from the twenties with Rudy Ray Moore. The um Yeah. Which Dolomite. Yeah, that's all yeah. Dolomite. Brilliant. Which, which sounds like some some WAP thing now. Which is <laughs> just, just incredible. Yeah, quite quite mad. And obviously the 
I can say the opposite, but not quite the opposite, but the dick episode. <laughs> is it just me? But I, I would love to know if this is just a boy thing. When I was at school, like if a mate left to go for a piece, you'd immediately draw a knob yeah. on their <laughs> piece of work. Like every time. <laughs> I assume girls never did this. This must just be a boy thing. I mean, it's you've got to, and it? it's, it's it's the rules. It's, it's, we don't we, we don't want to, but it's just it's, you, you have to. We have to, yeah. Yeah, with, with but, added, added hair and uh, excretions, if you have time. It, I loved this bit when Nick Cage is sat there with his artist's pad and then he turns around and he's just drawn this really veiny cock. <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> and also when they showed the clip from um, The Big Lebowski where he's drawing on the pad to try and find out a number. And someone's just drawn a picture of a person with a massive erection. Because <laughs> that's exactly what would happen if you went into most guys' houses to find it. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah, in all, I, I, I enjoyed this series. It was like 20-minute episodes. It didn't overstay its welcome. You could power through it within two hours quite easily. Matt, what did you think overall? Yeah, I liked it. And I liked it because actually it wasn't as much of a clusterfuck as I thought it was going to be. It actually had like, it had experts and it had comedians and it had Nick Cage and it talked about swear words. I mean, it pretty much ticked all the boxes I wanted it to be. Stu, what were you thinking with it? It was a nice new year treat after the, after the shit we went through last year to, for this to drop. And like I say, being how bite-sized it is as well. I mean, I was watching it. I watched one a day when I was just having my dinner and it was just something to, something to pass the time. But actually, when they're using the, all them, the kind of like Monty Python style animations as well to show the history mm. and and Nick Cage's monologues and pieces to camera and things like um, until I can make Nick happen in the relation to the Dick episode, things like that. <laughs> well, it was just really, really well done, and it, it got, I know it got panned by a few people for whatever stupid reason because probably no sense of humour, but it was great. I loved mm. it for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so just a, a short one to, to get us through the week. So we hope you can join us next week where we'll be discussing the Tour de Force film that is Army of One. It is available on Amazon Prime. So give it a watch over the weekend and you can join us on Monday for that episode. See you next time. 